As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we finally get to see Jordan Peele's vision on a classic 90s horror, Candyman. Candyman. The urban legend is, if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror, he appears in the reflection and kills you. Who would do that? Candyman. 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 Well... We're still alive. Be my victim. This is not real. It's not real. In present day, a decade after the last of the Cabrini Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini Green. A chance encounter with an old-timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to see these macabre details in his studio as fresh grist for paintings, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Written by the team of Nia DaCosta, Wynn Rosenfeld, and Jordan Peele, and directed by Nia DaCosta, Candyman stars Yaya Abdul-Mateen II as Anthony McCoy, Tiona Paris as Brianna Cartwright, and features Nathan Stewart-Jarrett, Coleman Domingo, Kyle Kaminsky, and Vanessa Williams. Jordan Peele shows time and time again that he is a force to be reckoned with amid the current landscape of the horror dramas. His films Us and Get Out took a combination of fresh ideas, soundtrack, social commentary, and incredible visual effects to create award-winning features. But this is not an original piece. This is a spiritual sequel, which means that he already has the groundwork done for him, which limits his abilities as much as the 91-minute runtime would itself. So, how did he do? First off, if you haven't gone out to see Candyman quite yet, please know this before you go. It is not so much of a jump-scare slasher that I think a lot of people expected it to be. It is more of a body horror, creepy film. Now, once I was able to get over that aspect, the film is very Jordan Peele. Ton of social commentary, a ton of symbolism, and a ton of Easter eggs to the original film, amongst others. The acting is extremely well done, with a few spotty pieces of dialogue throughout the movie, but overall, the script itself was good. As with previous Peel films, the soundtrack is also perfect at setting moods and showing the descent into madness. This movie also does a great job at expanding on the mythology of Candyman and opening the world up for more if studios or the cast and crew feel the need to give that. Candyman will not be on the list for best picture and I also don't expect any of the actors up for awards either. What I do expect from this movie is a split between those that absolutely love this movie for what Jordan Peele and Neil DaCosta bring to the table and those that are beginning to expect more and are starting to see Peele as more of the next M. Night Shyamalan fizzling away after peaking way too soon. I personally fall into the former category as I am a big fan of this movie. I give Candyman a B+. 
Now that barbershops can take care of you again, it's time to look your best. Hit up Nick at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road and book today by visiting boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and I'm sure this does not come as a shock. We are very briefly going to talk about the No Way Home trailer. We tampered with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. The problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, Parker. Hello, Peter. Sony dropped the trailer for the new Spider-Man sequel on Monday night at CinemaCon, and then the rest of the world got a taste about it when it landed online. Since releasing, the trailer racked up 355.5 million views in its first 24 hours, which destroyed the previous record holder, Avengers Endgame, which had 289 million views. With that being said, it looks like Spider-Man No Way Home is set to be Sony's biggest film ever. Of course, it does have a lot going for it. This is going to expand on the introduction to Marvel's multiverse, which we can tell by the addition of Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus, as well as a very peculiar but familiar-looking pumpkin bomb from the first Spider-Man movie by Sam Raimi. The film, which is being directed by John Watts, will star Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, John Favreau, Marissa Tomei, J.K. Simmons, Willem Dafoe, Jamie Foxx, Benedict Wong, Alfred Molina, J.B. Smooth, Martin Starr, and so many more. With a cast that big, this movie can't be anticipated more by somebody like me, and I can't wait to see it on December 16th of 2020. With the release of Spider-Man No Way Home, it was confirmed that Sony is officially building a Spider-Man universe titled Sony's Spider-Man Universe. Already including the previous Spider-Man films as well as the original Venom, the new movies that will be coming out in this cinematic universe will include Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Morbius, and Kraven the Hunter, which is set to star Aaron Taylor Johnson as the titular character. That said, Disney has reached out to Sony a number of times over the past several years in order to purchase some characters back that Sony currently owns. While this has been a back-and-forth battle, what is more likely is that Disney may move to purchase Sony's film division outright. What that would mean is that they would make the wholesale purchase and not only own all of the characters, but everything Sony Films has done. The House of the Mouse has done this before by purchasing Fox, so it wouldn't be too shocking if they went forward with it. And speaking of that Spider-Man universe, it was announced that Venom Let There Be Carnage is going to be pushed back again to January 21st of 2022. If you're keeping track, this movie has shifted more than a tectonic plates. Venom Let There Be Carnage was originally slated to be released on October 2nd of 2020 before being pushed back to June 25th, 2021, then delayed to September 17th, then to September 24th, then October 15th, and now, of course, January of 2022. A second trailer was also recently released, which shows a little bit more of what we can expect from Woody Harrelson's Cletus Cassidy, as well as Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock and Venom. CinemaCon just wrapped up in Las Vegas at Caesars Palace, and we did get a little bit of information regarding the upcoming Matrix 4. It was confirmed that the title will be The Matrix Resurrections, 
and a trailer was shown at the event. While the trailer hasn't been widely released online, descriptions of what was shown can be found online. The Matrix Resurrections is scheduled to arrive in theaters on December 22nd. In the land of upcoming projects, there are some very interesting pairings that we're going to see on the screen together. In a new film from Kenya Barris, it's been announced that Eddie Murphy will star opposite Jonah Hill in an upcoming comedy. Murphy and Barris are old friends, as it was Barris who served as the writer on Murphy's Coming to America. The new project, which is being set up at Netflix, was co-written by Jonah Hill. Plot details are currently being kept under wraps, but it's to be presented as an incisive examination of modern love and family dynamics and how clashing cultures, societal expectations, and generational differences shape and affect relationship. Murphy and Hill will find themselves on opposite sides of some of those divides. Another pair that we'll see on screen soon is the team of Jason Momoa and Dave Bautista. The two are supposedly getting together to make a buddy cop movie, which was teased on the James Corden show. Momoa said, quote, Dave loves wearing Speedos, I love wearing board shorts, and both of us with our shirts off. He'll be grumpy and I'll be charming. Boom, it sells itself, bro. I have the hair, he doesn't have hair, we cover all the demographics. And one team we never thought we might see again is still trying to get a sequel made. The team of Pauly Shore and Stephen Baldwin still want to do a sequel 25 years after the release of Biodome. According to Pauly Shore, Stephen Baldwin still texts him every day asking to do a sequel. He did go on to say that he would definitely do sequels to all of his movies and is looking for studios to pick them up. While Biodome itself wasn't a huge hit upon release, where it grossed only a mere $13 million on an $8.5 million budget, it did turn out to be a cult classic further down the road. And finally, only one more team to talk about. Justin Timberlake is joining forces with Benicio Del Toro in Netflix's latest acquisition, Reptile. The film, which is coming from Black Label Media, picks up following the brutal murder of a young real estate agent following a hardened detective, played by Del Toro, as he attempts to uncover the truth in a case where nothing is as it seems. In doing so, he finds himself dismantling the illusions in his own life. As of right now, it's not clear what role Justin Timberlake will be playing, nor has a release date been set. Over the weekend, it was confirmed that Netflix will finish the series Manifest, which was picked up by Netflix after NBC cancelled it after its third season. The final season will consist of 20 episodes that will be split into two parts. Negotiations began with the cast some time ago, as well with writers who worked with the show for the first three seasons. Series lead stars Josh Dallas and Melissa Rockberg have already closed their deals for the final season, while J.R. Ramirez is believed to have closed his deal as well. Netflix also confirmed that Cobra Kai will get a fifth season. What started as a YouTube original series in 2018, Cobra Kai has earned four Emmy nominations in July, including Outstanding Comedy Series, Outstanding Sound Editing for a Comedy, Outstanding Stunt Performances, and Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy. Season 4 will release on Netflix later this year and will pick up after the events of Season 3. When Season 4 kicks off, Thomas Ian Griffith from The Karate Kid 3 will make his return to the franchise as the villainous Terry Silver. And finally, we end on some pretty, pretty pretty good news. HBO has announced that Curb Your Enthusiasm will return for its 11th season this October. The series was renewed shortly after the 10th season concluded last March, but it was not certain when the show would return. This is great news for fans of the long-running series, which include myself, as this show is exceptional. That is it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, I am the writing on the wall, the sweet smell of blood. Be my victim. <laughs>